this week's edition of The Profile was first broadcast in 2016. The Profile. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Hello and welcome along to the programme. I'm Justin Briley and today on The Profile I'm speaking to Ken Costa. Uh, I'll be introducing him and explaining a little bit about his background in a moment's time. But if you want to hear more interviews or indeed read them, uh, you can find more in Premier Christianity magazine. Uh, The Profile is brought to you in association with the magazine and uh, you can find a free sample copy to request on our website. That's at premierchristianity.com slash free sample. Uh, Ken Costa joins me today on the programme and he's had a very successful career in banking. Uh, He's engaged in Christian ministry as well. In fact, he's been part of the leadership team at Holy Trinity Brompton in London for some time. He's the author of God at Work and most recently, Know Your Why. We're going to be talking about that, about finding fulfilment and calling in our daily life. And uh, we're going to be hearing about Ken's background as well. Sure. So welcome along to the Thank program, Thank you, Justin. Ken. Great to be with you. Great uh, to be with it, you here. It's lovely to talk to you. Uh, Ken, you've had a very interesting life uh, in all kinds of different ways. Here on the profile, we like to go right back to the beginning. So, were you To raised, when I was born. To when, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah, right back. Um, so <laughs> uh, were you raised in a particularly Christian family or, or not particularly? Yeah, we were raised uh, in South Africa, which is where I, I came from. Uh, in a, in a sort of Catholic family, and as I grew up out of it, it became to mean less and less. Mm. Uh, particularly living in South Africa, which was at the time, you know, just riven by the horrors of the apartheid system, and I really didn't think that God was anywhere to be seen on right. in the place. Yes. And so that had a bad effect on me when I was at university. I mean, you yourself were somewhat involved in anti-apartheid movement, weren't you? Well, you know, I, I led the students' union in my university and the National Union of Students, in which I was a, was an executive member, and in a very small way, because we, we were a small minority white mm. group of young students, passionately concerned mm. for justice. Mm. Uh, we uh, we wanted to hold up the view that you know, a university was a place where people could come together with right out regard to race, colour, mm, creed, mm. Uh, and, and pursue knowledge. And we were passionate about, mm. about that. And that, of course, brought us into direct um, opposition with the uh, ruling authorities. Indeed. I mean, I was going to say, not, not necessarily a, an easy position to take. And you were, in, you know, alongside people like Steve Biko and others, weren't you? In well, Steve of- was, uh, I knew Steve, uh, Steve Biko. He was quite without any doubt the most remarkable person of our generation. Mm. If the tragedy of his death had not occurred, Mm. some of the difficult issues in South Africa that were being faced after Mandela Mm. would not have arisen. He would have been in his prime to be leading the country. A remarkable man and a tragedy. Yes, that his life was cut short in that way. I mean, you left South Africa effectively before apartheid finally was abolished. did did you leave sort of wondering if that would ever be resolved? Did you see? Did you did you think it would? Well, I think for most day? of us assumed that it was in the hands of the majority black people mm. and it would end violently. Mm. I don't. There were very few who thought that there could be a, a peaceful transition, yes. and it is a remarkable work. I think a work of the spirit. Yes. In which that transition did take place mm. and took place 
without the, 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 the normal violence that you would expect. Did you have the opportunity to meet Nelson Mandela? I did, yes. I was uh, a, an exa- a trustee of the Nelson Mandela Trust Children's Fund mm. and so met him on, 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 oh, on right. occasions. A remarkable, yeah. you know, transforming man yes. in, in, in every way. He was the right man at the right time, I suppose, in, in this situation. Well, he was a man for the whole world. I mean, yeah. he wasn't just a man contained mm. in South Africa. Mm. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. He was a global person yeah. who helped us sort of transition into this a whole new world of concern for human rights, for respect, yeah. uh, and yeah. for forgiveness. I mean, decades on from his first premiership, the I suppose the question is: um, Is his vision still happening in South Africa? It's facing all kinds of issues, obviously, as, as I'm sure you're aware. Do you, sure. Do you, do you, do you have confidence that? Like to think so. Yes, I'd like to think so, and I like to think that the churches in South Africa, who are growing and are strong, will be able to be at the forefront of those mm. uh, changes to ensure that uh, the institutions of government uh, are held to account and grow mm. uh, into mm. the prosperity of the future of the country. I mean, you've described it now as a work of the spirit, the way that apartheid was able to be brought about yes. relatively nonviolently. Um, but you weren't a Christian at the time you were in the midst of that movement. Um, what actually brought you to faith in the end? Well, I left, uh, uh, left South Africa and came to study uh, in England. Uh, and it was at university that faith... I mean, there were sort of the basics of the faith were there, but mm. they came alive. Right. Faith came alive mm. uh, at university, really. Um, that was Cambridge University. It was, it was, it was. Yeah. Um, th- around the same time that Nicky Gumbel. Yeah, we were there together, right, which, was, was there. Uh, which was remarkable. Uh, I mean, it feels like that was a time when a number of people who would today become very significant in Christianity in the UK as leaders and so on, were were finding faith and were finding yes. a very yeah. vibrant uh, release. It was a lively time. It was, you know, with the, the finding something that was new and seeing that yeah. faith really could change one's life. Uh, yeah. So while I was there, I decided, I'd, uh, in addition to my studies in law, that I wanted to study theology right. just to see whether, in fact, <laughs> this was just a sort of enthusiastic trip <laughs> or whether it sort of could add up, whether yeah. there was any rational base yeah. Yeah. for yeah. for um, taking on the Christian faith. Right. So it was a very stimulating time. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I, I mean, what what were you sort of doing at the time? Were, were you sort of meeting in small groups? Were, were you were attending oh, yes. church? Yes, no, it had that whole sort of sense of you know, the underground movement. Yeah. It was the early days of the what was then the charismatic movement. The renewal, yes. The renewal started coming and it wasn't accepted by mainstream and we say you always felt that you were on the margins right but there was a sense of a newness yeah a freshness new yeah. music new yeah. openness to god new ways yeah. of praying yeah. new sense of praise yeah uh, so so it was very exciting. very exciting time yeah, of course absolutely. the archbishop of canterbury justin welby was there at the of same course, time nikki yes. lee who's yeah. done such amazing work in the field of marriage and parenting he was there as yeah. well so yeah, it was it, good it, fun. It, it has, in a sense, produced a generation of people who are now um, doing all sorts of amazing things within Christian ministries far yeah. and wide. Um, what I suppose, what what uh, what was going on? Do you just feel that that charismatic renewal was responsible for? I don't know, birthing. I do think it was a move of the spirit. Yeah, I think at the time, 
uh, there was a freshness of looking at the scriptures, looking at the Bible. I'm mm. so grateful mm. to many people, perhaps of a different tradition, more conservative tradition, mm. you know, who read with the Bible with me yeah. every single week. Yeah. And, you know, that sort of cemented into, yes. into my life the understanding that the authority uh, of, of Jesus, you know, as it's expressed mm. throughout the, mm. the whole mm. of the Bible, is a base for the whole of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, let's talk a little bit about uh, how your, your life progressed from there in sure. terms of a personal yeah. career yeah. And, and your spiritual growth and yeah. life. Uh, was banking something that you got into soon after university? No, not really. I mean, uh, oh, yes, I did. I mean, mm. but it wasn't, a, you know, I didn't always want to be a banker. No. I was looking for a job. You know, it's like <laughs> to finish university. What am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember just sort of saying, now I wanted to apply the principles that I'd learned. So I was saying to myself, the, the verse from the Psalms, commit your way unto the Lord, mm. trust in God, mm. and he will act. Mm. And the door opened, as often is the case. The mm. doors open, doors yeah. close. We mm. believe mm. Um, that, that, that you know those doors that open, no one can close, and mm. those that close, no one can open. Mm. Uh, so I went into the city of London, into finance, mm. um, merchant banking, as it was then called. Uh, and stayed there for right. nearly 40 years, where yeah. I still am. <laughs> and, and this was in tandem with um, Nicky Gumbel, practicing law, I suppose, yes. post-Cambridge. Yes. Um, finally, he, him and a number of others of his yes. generation being called into ministry. Yes. Uh, you saw that happening. Did you ever sort of think, maybe I should be going that route as well? Well, practically every day and still do. <laughs> I, mean, it seems, I mean, just think about it. All you have to do is work one day a week. <laughs> <laughs> write a sermon, you know. So. I'm sure you remind Nikki of that regularly, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yes, not favourably. <laughs> I, I mean, see, seeing all that happen, presumably you you started sort of attending HTB, yeah, uh, alongside those. Well, guys. those were you know at the at the start at the time when we came into London, um, a young uh, curate, which is a young mm. pastor, Sandy Miller arrived at exactly the same time. Yes. And there were two churches that were in massive decline, mm. St. Paul's in Onslow Square and, and HTV. Mm. Uh, and, you know, he came in there and we started, you know, forming small groups, yeah. you know, Bible study groups as they were then known. And what did the rest of the Anglican church make of these young upstarts sort of bringing in this sort of... Well, highly suspicious, <laughs> as you can imagine, you know, sort of... Um, you know, it was seen to be these sort of young insurgents that yes. want to sort of upset the apple cart. Of course, we're all institutionalized now, <laughs> <laughs> longing for those insurgent days. I, I, I mean, you. So you were at the same time forging this successful career in banking. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, did Did you find? I mean, something you've now written on, of course. But sure. did you find that there was any pulls on you between the the career you were you were seeking to progress and and this, this fact that you were a Christian and the spiritual life and the values that that bred into your life were there any points of contradiction or, or points at which you you, you found yeah, it mean, difficult well it, it, n- never difficult mm. um always impossible <laughs> that, that's what Jesus said you know so when the disciples throw their hands up and say to him well who on earth is going to be saved yes. if a rich man can't get into the kingdom yeah. of heaven yeah. yeah and you know his answer well with you guys, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. But with God, all, you know, things. all things are possible. So, and I think it was that understanding that you just can't do it on your own. Yeah, there is no way that we are able. We're not wired 
to be able to live under the stressful conditions of the workplace today mm. uh, on our own. We never yeah. meant to be that. Yeah. We don't have, and so we we don't have the ways of doing it. So we need to build in rhythms of life, the, mm. the way the Spirit of God leads mm. us each day mm. uh, into you know just getting through yeah. the yeah. days with joy yeah. and yeah. With, uh, with with purpose. I mean, in the city, I can imagine it's it is a bit of a um, a cutthroat environment sometimes. Well, I mean, it's a cutthroat environment wherever you are yeah. in the commercial world. And we all have to make harsh commercial compromises. Yeah. You know, the world isn't geared to sort of <laughs> tender sensitivities yes. of, of most yeah. you know, sort of pastoral Christians. Yeah. The world is a tough place. Yeah. Uh, but that's the place we've been called to. Mm. We, we haven't been asked to emigrate out of the world. Yeah. No one gave us a visa to leave the world and to go into some <laughs> happy commune. Well, I think that's the thing is is sometimes, unfortunately, church can act as a bit of a sort of a place where people go on the weekend to sort of recover from the difficulty. Now, that's maybe not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing at all. I mean, I, I just, it's just a very important point. I do think that that is one of the great functions of church yes. is it brings together a community that actually can reflect on the week that has passed, mm. you know, because we're downtrodden, stressed, pressured, yeah. <laughs> hard work. That's why ministry in church is so important, yes, is to yes. deal with the issues that ordinary people are finding in every single day of mm. their life. Mm. And then in our worship, in our, in our preaching, to encourage mm. people to, you know, to go out there yeah. for the week ahead. Yeah. You were, you were married to Fee. Uh, still am. <laughs> still, still am. am. Still am. Still am. Very um, happily. And did, did you find that um, work and family life balance was a tricky one in your kind of line of Well, you know, I, didn't, I didn't really go for the idea of work-life balance. Mm. Because the assumption is there's work, yes. which is pretty horrible. Yeah. And then there's <laughs> life, which is what you really want to do. Sure. But but there isn't. Right. See, in, when Paul writes to the Colossians, he talks about in Christ Jesus all things hang together. Mm. So I've always held together this view the spirit of God brings the workplace and so-called life together right. to create one life. Right. Now, there are stresses within that yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. But unless you see them as one, mm. you're just going to screw yourself up yeah. and live in that sort of yeah. schizoid world, yeah. miserable in in both. Yeah. How how did you aim to try and bring as it were your your Christian life into the work life? Well, the first is to understand, uh, and I had a little mantra, which I keep repeating, that my workstation is my worship station. Okay. That's where God has called me to be. That's mm. where God calls, you know, everybody mm. who's working and listening to, to us now, yeah. God calls you there. That's your place of worship. Yeah. It's not only on a Sunday. I mean, it would be a strange God, a very uneconomical God. I think God's the great <laughs> economist. That would actually say, do you know what? I'm going to create all these people, and they're going to be great for Sunday and for worship, mm. you know, for an hour in a church yeah. or three if you're a Pentecostal <laughs> uh, on a Sunday, and that's it. Yes, and he created us all through the week. Absolutely, that was yeah. the first. The second, mm. so you've got to get a framework. Mm. The second was, well, I, I read the Bible and the Financial Times right. almost every day of my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that you could see what you know what's mm. happening in the world mm. and what is what the word is saying about it. Absolutely. I'm not going to tell you which came first, <laughs> read the Bible first or the financial times. <laughs> Did you have any sort of uh, groups within the offices you were working in where Christians could meet and have some fellowship of some kind? We did, and there was an alpha group running, uh, yeah. running, running in the bank. and uh, that's... did, did people uh, think it at all odd that you had this 
firm Christian faith. Yeah, pretty odd, actually. I mean, yeah. you know, some play golf and some sort of do other things. And you They know, saw Ken, that as Ken, your, your eccentric hobby, basically. Yeah, yeah, sort of Ken does God. You know. <laughs> did, did it ever influence people that you were working with, would you say? Well, I, mean, I like to think so, mm. and I like to think so in, an, in a way that is not a preachy way. I very yeah. remember we were in the middle of a very, very difficult set of transactions, mm. and I was working with a very stressed colleague, right. and I looked at him and I said, hey, Pete, Let's go for a walk. Mm. And all we did, all we did mm. was walk over London Bridge mm. and back mm. at lunchtime. Mm. And to this day, he hasn't forgotten it. That's really interesting, isn't it? I guess it, in that kind of an environment, which can be highly pressured and yeah. highly stressful, and yeah. unfortunately we know that the, the reality is people take their lives sometimes in, that, in the financial um, industry because of the pressures and the, the things they're feeling. It, what what would you say to the person who who sort of almost has got got things out of perspective, I suppose, and and has sort of somehow managed to make their work life everything, you know, everything that is important to them? How, how do we stop that happening? Well, it's difficult because by then you're far gone. Mm. So the first bit of advice: don't get there. Yeah. Um, build into yourself safeguards, people that you can talk to, mm. people that you can be accountable to before you actually get there. But if yeah. you are there mm. in that place, just stop for a moment mm. and turn to someone you trust mm. and pray for the Spirit of God mm. to fill you afresh. Mm. Because without the work of the Spirit in your life, there is no way mm. that we can cope yeah. with the stress of the workplace. Yeah. We need to find new, new rhythms of life, new ways mm. of, of, of being able to cope with mm. the pressures mm. of the day-to-day life. You've already mentioned that phrase from the Gospels, uh, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. As someone who has seen, you know, overseen massive financial transactions, has seen the kind of lifestyle, I'm sure, that accompanies many people who live in that world of, of business and commerce. How, how do you put that verse together with, with this world that you have inhabited for so long, Ken? Because, well, because <laughs> there is one world and there is one, one, uh, one group of, of people and we all suffer the same. Do mm. you know, I, I have been with the greediest of billionaires on their private jets. Right. Uh, and I have been... Are with the most extraordinary, generous billionaires, hmm. and I've seen the difference. But then I've right. been with the greediest young theology students right. with hardly a bean, yeah. and the most generous right. young students. You know, so, so greed and see, generosity are not a factor they're, of, they're of not, wealth. They, they're, they're, not. They're, they're, they're the attitude of the heart. Right. You know, you can be greedy right. and have nothing, and you're greedy and have a lot. So it's not wrong in that sense to be wealthy, to be rich. It's about the attitude of the heart you, you carry with it. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But it's the desire of the heart. Mm. You know, what is the real desire of the heart? Do you know that in that brilliant story of the rich young ruler, mm. do you know those little words, sometimes often forgotten, mm. he ran towards Jesus. Yes. I love that. Yes. He wanted to know something else is, something is missing yes. in my I've life. Got, I've got everything, but I've got still... everything, but there's something missing. Yes. And that, of course, is the and moment you see that the perspective changes. Now, Jesus' response to him, of course, is uh, you've kept the law, so well done. Now, you just need to do one more thing. Go and sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and follow me. Mm. And he went away 
sad. Yeah. Broken hearted even yeah. is the way sometimes it's put. Uh, I suppose, I suppose, is, is that what God is actually calling everyone who is rich to do? Or is it simply that he's addressing the thing that is the the major blockage in someone's life? Well, it I can't suppose. be what he was calling everyone to do. Otherwise, <laughs> the parable of the talents would be a nonsense. Okay. So, I mean, but what he's saying is get the priorities right. right. You know, what really matters yeah. um, is is to sort your life out mm. so that, you know, I come first in it. Yes. And then let the rest follow it. Yeah. And, of course, it was out of proportion in the mm. rich young ruler's mind. Yeah. Totally out of proportion. He got yeah. the whole thing wrong. Yeah. And therefore, you know, he had to make some radical surgery. Mm. And for, in his case, he needed to make the change. And, you know, he weighed it up and yeah. said, no deal. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we, 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 I always like to think maybe... He, he did come round in the end. Ah, uh, uh, well, the whole of the Bible is filled with maybe, <laughs> un- you know, maybe Thomas, stories. maybe yeah. Thomas, you know, who, you know, <laughs> became uh, the the great believer, which I think he probably did. Yes, but um, okay. Um, HDB has has in a sense been at the centre of uh, the Alpha course. You've, yes, you've seen yes. the amazing yes. growth of that yeah. course in your in your lifetime. You're yeah. the chair. Of Alpha, yeah, still, yeah, yeah. I was um, bullied into it, by Nikki, but uh, <laughs> but I'm still there. Um, again, I just wonder what what is the secret to both to HDB success and Alpha success? Because out of this, you know, one church almost, yeah, it's you've seen this extraordinary effect yeah. on evangelism, on church planting in the UK. We have an Archbishop of Canterbury who yeah, came yeah. from that, you yeah, know, it's... and 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 God just seems to be. Blessing yeah. the things yeah. that the HDB has done. Um, yeah. Now, what do you put that down to? Well, one day I want to ask him that <laughs> question. You know, when we get there, it's the question I really want to ask. Um, many people say, well, of course, you know, if you're a big London church, you've got good mm. resources, you've got mm. good people coming there, you've yeah. got great marketing, it'll all work. Yeah. I know lots of Christian organizations, you know, who've got great marketing, yeah. great resources, yeah. who are going nowhere. Yeah. So, to be honest, it is a work of the Spirit. It mm. is a work of the spirit that in this time we have managed to hit a chord, mm. uh, to strike a chord in a hungry uh, nation and, and worldwide mm. where Alpha can penetrate. And it is so extraordinary that, that it, Alpha reaches rich and poor, those yes. in prisons outside, mm. different cultures, different mm. natures, uh, different nations, um, different denominations. Mm. Um, it's mm. an extraordinary thing to see the growth yeah. of Alpha with... In, in Catholic as well as Pentecostal yes. circles. Yeah. Have, have you personally sat in on Alpha courses sure. and helped to lead sure. small groups? Yeah. What sort of stories have you seen in, in those kind of settings? Well, the, the most memorable was, um, was a guy who walked out. Oh, yes. Yeah, and said, look, I've had enough. Uh, I'm going home. Was this early on in the course? Uh, early on, yeah. It, you know, he sort of said, look, this is freakish. I'm off. <laughs> and we said... Well, yeah, well, great, and um, and see you, see you next week. Hey, what about having a drink? Right. And he was so so struck on his way home that we didn't try and say, "Well, now look, stay," you know, you, you you know you'll get over it. Right. Everybody has a bit of a wobble, yeah. you know, but left the freedom yeah. to to choose. That he came back and was wonderfully okay. converted, and I think it's one of the the essence of Alpha is so much that it is unthreatening. Right. Yes. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it, 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 is, it is meant for a generation. Mm, absolutely. I, and I suppose 
it, it captures what I think is increasingly the case that um, it's not just about being taught something it's about forming relationships and and that for me has always been a key in, in any alpha course well, you're, people... you're, you're so right you see this generation more than any before i think belonging comes before believing mm, absolutely and yeah. what alpha has done is it's created a sense of belonging you know it's amazing how those groups stick together yes they go away on the weekend mm, and mm. The, you know the weekend on the on the holy spirit yeah. it's filled with the spirit mm. of god it bonds and draws people together uh, and that sense of belonging then leads to believing yeah absolutely and i'm sure in the decades you've been at holy trinity brompton you've seen many people go from i, I guess quite self-centered lives to, to lives that have been turned around in that way i mean that's that's i suppose the parable of the rich young ruler coming coming home for people when they when they realize what they can do i mean uh, would, would you say that the church in that way has has had an immediate effect on on its local area as well as obviously the effect it's had internationally well the local area is complicated <laughs> you know we are a metropolitan church in the middle of london you draw from quite a, a so large, we draw you know, yeah. everything in london yeah, you know absolutely. you you come from wherever you are yeah, you yeah. travel into the theater you travel into the clubs you travel yeah. into the churches yeah, so everybody travels yeah so on the immediate sort of yeah. surround um well you know that's um Mind you, we you know we used to be chaplains to some of the stores around the place. Right, right. Well, I'm, but it's I'm, more difficult in London. Of, of course, it is. I, I suppose, um, really, I'm, I'm thinking of the the way that it has impacted the UK now, especially yes. through through planting. the planting yeah, of churches yeah. and yeah. things like that. Yes. Um, again, there, there's almost a sense I get that the HTB um, has found the more it's been generous itself, it the the greater the blessing is because. There are many churches, I'm sure, which would be nervous about giving away its best resources in terms of people and money and things like that. But HTB has, has very self-consciously almost done that in a very sort of we have, yeah, almost uh, extravagant way in in sending its people to other parts. It's of pretty the, painful. The, I'm you sure know, when you give, yeah. when you you know you send people away, it's not just the financial costs. Mm. It's actually sort of key leaders yeah. that move, but. God's been very faithful yeah. over the years and has you know, allowed growth to come back. You have a dip, obviously, yeah, yeah. Um, but you continue to grow. But now yeah. the amazing thing is it's not just HTB no, planting. No, no. So the plant in Brighton, for yeah. example, is already planting three yes. other, yeah. uh, other churches. It's this, and that's this sort of exponential growth that begins to occur at that point. It's, it's both exponential and it is away from the center. Yes. So it grows yes. on the, in, the, in the perimeter. It's rather like a plant sprouting and then those sprouts yeah. sprout further. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. It's organic. Yeah. And, you know, we're yeah. hoping that that will continue. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So we can build these resource-based mm. resource churches in and around yeah. the country. Well, we're going to go to a quick break and then we're going to talk a little, in a little more depth about your latest book, which is... Uh, uh, which is doing very well and uh, is called Know Your Why. And your first book, God at Work, was specifically about the workplace. This, yes. I think, takes the picture a bit bit wider than it that. It does, and yes. talks about ministry, calling, and, and that kind of thing. So we'll talk about that 
in the next section of today's show. You're listening to The Profile with me, Justin Briley, interviewing Ken Costa today. He's had a successful career in banking. He's the chair of Alpha. Um, he's part of the leadership team at Holy Trinity Brompton, and he's the, the author of a, a number of books, including the latest one, uh, which is called Know Your Why. We'll be talking about that in a moment's time. Uh, don't forget that you can find more interviews with people in all walks of life from Premier Christianity magazine. Do go to the website and ask for a free sample copy, premierchristianity.com slash free sample. This month, Premier Christianity magazine asks, what really matters to you? Read about one of the biggest issues of today as we address Black Lives Matter head on. Understand the church's response to racism, how we get it wrong, where we get it right, and why there's no excuse for apathy. Immerse yourself in powerful Black Lives Matter features, plus stories of lockdown, interviews, and current affairs. Available in print and online at premierchristianity.com. This week's edition of The Profile was first broadcast in 2016. The Profile. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Welcome back to the programme. I'm Justin Briley. I'm the editor of Premier Christianity magazine, the monthly resource that helps you to put your faith into action and connect it with contemporary culture. And uh, the profile is not only a radio programme and a video show, but also, of course, a regular feature in Premier Christianity magazine. So if you'd like to uh, get a free sample copy of the latest edition of the magazine, find out what you've been missing. Go to premierchristianity.com slash free sample. Really pleased to have on the programme with me today, Ken Costa, who has uh, been working in banking for a lot of his life, but has also been helping others to, as it were, explore their work-life balance. He's already said he doesn't believe there is such a thing, really. There's just one life, and uh, we have to make sure it's all centred around Christ. But um, really, that's been the subject of books he's written, including God at Work, and his latest book, which is called Know Your Why, literally just been released. And um, I'm looking forward to it uh, having an impact, hopefully, Ken, on many people. Hope so, yeah. Because I think a lot of people do go into work. Maybe they've left university or college or whatever and start to do something which they're going to do for the rest of their life, pretty much. Perhaps, you know, if, if they're lucky, they might get to retire. <laughs> That's increasingly rare in today's society, I think. But many people don't go into it with any kind of sense, I think, of, well, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? How How is this going to pan out? Um it's, it's just something that's almost assumed, I think, in our culture. You, you work, you make your money, and hopefully you, you earn enough to, to have a nice time on the weekends with your family sort of thing. Um, do, do you think we need to put more into actually thinking about what we're doing in our, the, where, the place we spend most of our time, most of the year? Well, I think we do. <laughs> and I think the key part of it is to know your why. And we need to ask that question if you haven't asked it, you're going to ask it. Mm. Why am I here? What am I doing? What, what are, and, and, and you need to look at, at, at why we do the things that we do. Mm. So people go to work for cash. Yeah. You know, I want to earn some, I want to earn some, uh, some bread, um, get the money, um, and that's what really motivates me. Mm. Some go for career. Yeah. That, you know, I, I want to get to the top. I'm not really so much interested in money. I, you know, I want to be the senior consultant in, mm. a, in a hospital. You know, some would do it for a cause. Right. Many of the voluntary organizations, mm. say, I mm. want to, you know, I believe in this cause. Yes. I want to be there. Yeah. And some, as you mentioned, you only work to 
recreate yeah. you know so that I, I just I want the money because I would love surfing and I need yeah. to buy a new surfboard <laughs> and I want to go out and do that but in all those cases in my view you will burn out right because there isn't the energy to sustain you through it mm. and there will be consequences to your own personal life mm. and calling mm. is critical to yes you know to cash career cause um, and recreate yes. uh, in any of those things. The calling, this, the sense that there is not by some random accident do mm. I happen to be where I am, mm. but actually that God is really interested in yes. what I'm doing yes. and wants me to succeed and, and, and prosper, obviously with you know the suffering that goes with it. Yes. There's no straight, yes. straight no. line yeah. of yeah. just sort of, yeah. you know, I've got yeah. it made, it's going to mm. be great. Mm. Uh, we go through the, the you know the hard yeah, times, absolutely. but at least we know we're in the flow of the work of the yes, spirit. Yes, I, as we've said before, I think a lot of Christians unfortunately still dissect their life into my quote unquote spiritual life, and that's church, and when I go to the prayer group, and maybe when I have my quiet time, and and the secular bit of their life, which is when they go to work. And and for you actually the whole of your life is a calling. Well, in in, in, in Paul writes to the Colossians and says, in Christ Jesus. All things hold together. Yes. Uh, and, of course, we live schizoid yes. Christian lives. If you live like that, you're going to yeah. screw it up. Yeah. There's, no, there's no way you can do it. We yeah. cannot survive the pressure of the modern world mm. by trying to develop different compartments. Because yeah. the moment you do that for those compartments, I assure you, you'll have yeah. separate other compartments where you'll do yeah. perhaps not so good things. Yeah. The compartmentalization is, is a problem. Uh, so... In a way, this is at the centre of your book, this idea of calling yes. and, and, and purpose in, in that sense. I, I suppose many people, though, who aren't Christians, especially, perhaps have no concept of that, that idea. Oh, but you see, they have no, maybe no concept of calling, in which case I'd say, honestly, come to know, uh, <laughs> come to know, that, you know the good news of Jesus Christ um, and you'll see what that means. But they all know that there are times in your life... Or, when you know, or, or, or when you're working, that you you can't, you know you're in a in a zone. Yes. You know you're in a flow. Yes. You you sense that you're energized by what you are doing, mm. uh, and those are great times. Yeah. Now, they don't necessarily last all of your life, no. but there are times when you know that that is right, and that's yeah. those are confirmatory signs yes. that you're in the right place. Yes. And that's whether you're Christian or not Christian. Mm, I mean, mm, I'm just saying, calling yeah. it calling yes. for three re- for, for for a particular reason, which yeah. is this: every single Christian, when you know, yeah. when you understand that you are loved by God, mm. that you are known by Him, He knows mm. exactly who mm. you are, mm. and you are called. Yes. When you've got those three things together, it forms the foundation yeah. of what you could do with the rest of your life. Have you in your life ever had points where you felt that that what I'm doing now doesn't feel right? I'm not. I've not got that sense that this this, sure. is, this is flowing. Sure, usually on a Monday morning. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're human beings. We're, yeah, yeah. You know, we're not machines that can sort of program it. You know, uh, so yes, we do ask questions of you know, is 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 this what I should be doing? Yeah. Uh, and there are those times. We need to step back and reflect and try and understand what it is mm. that, that we really mm. feel we're called to. Do you, do you know the interesting thing is that, and I open the book with this mm. way, is that the first question, indeed the first words of Jesus mm. in John's gospel are, what do you want? Mm. Yes. What do you want? Yes. 
I mean, it is extraordinary that he should yeah. address, address the, the whole issue of identity. Mm. The why question came right up in the front. Why yes. do you, and, and, of course, they, they, they say, well, you know, can we, let's go and talk. And they, mm. they, they meet mm. together and, mm. and Jesus mm. talks to them and then they're mm. called. Mm. So you, you've delineated these, these different things that people often work for. Yeah. A cause for money, for recreation, sure. uh, for, for, for success, uh, whatever. Um, in a sense, what, how does calling relate to all of those different reasons people might be working for money? Are those bad reasons to work for no. to, to, to be working, no. or is one better than another? No, no, they're you know, they're, they're different, and most of us will probably do all of them. Yes, um, but the point about it is, is that when you know that 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 these. They, they form part of an overall pattern. Mm. There is a linkage between them so that the cash desire doesn't sort of totally screw up your life yeah. and your relationships, your yeah. marriage, yeah, yeah. because you're driven towards it. Mm. And the burnout that inevitably comes if you're completely single-minded mm. about something that is only where you're the only one that matters mm. and there's no concern for others around you, then, you know, you can avoid that. How do you go about then discerning the call on your life, sure. would you say? Well, the first is you have to believe, you know, that God, who's who is there, there is a you know there is a general call yes. to all Christians mm. in every age, every generation, every mm. culture, every mm. um, every background, every language throughout the centuries has been the same. The principal call that Jesus gave us is to go, mm-hmm. make disciples, mm. and see people filled with the Spirit of mm. God. I mean, mm. always the same. Love mm. your neighbor mm. uh, as yourself. Never changing. Yes. So when people say, well, I don't know what I'm really meant, my mm. calling is, mm. well, you do know your first bit. Mm. Just stick to that right. and work at it. But there is a specific sense in which you know, God, he, he creates maximum mm. freedom for us to mm. be able to mm. choose. Mm. He's, he, it's not just one single line, and yes. if you fall off it, you've missed yes. God's purposes. Yes. It's, you know, it, it's constantly right. iterative, interactive. Mm. I mean, many people only ever associate the, the phrase uh, calling with Christian ministry. Yeah, sure, because, I mean, how many people do you know? Because Christian ministers, when they describe it, they say, you know, what's your calling? Well, it's the thing you're passionate yes, about, yes, yes. the thing I'm going to give your life for, yes. and gives, you know, every sacrifice. Yeah. But if you're an accountant, you, you'll do it a lot of things. It doesn't quite feel as no, adventurous not, or brave. I mean, I yes, don't know how yeah. passionate you are. <laughs> you know, how are you going to give your life for the accountancy profession? Yeah, yeah. But you're still called. Yes. So you've got to be careful but the caring professions, you know, medicine, yeah. uh, teaching. Um, and, and there's this danger, isn't there, that in churches, you know, on the Sunday when we sort of commission the, the missionary going oh, yeah, off yeah, yeah, and yeah. the, no, the person do, doing the evangelism, as though that's those are the only things we really think are worth doing. Yes. And, and we forget to commission our teachers and doctors and administrators and all the other types of things that people yeah. do with their nine-to-five yeah. life. Sure. Um, but then how do you help the person who says, look, I, I work on a cash register in Tesco's and I don't feel particularly significant and I don't feel like my life is really making that much difference to people. I'm, I'm nice, I try to do a good job, but in what sense is God using me, calling me into this particular sphere of, of life? Look, you know, for many people, life is uh, hard mm. uh, and the jobs are not interesting mm. um, but the calling isn't only the job that you're doing okay 
the calling is to do that which you're doing, but the attitude with which you do it, the people mm. that you're meeting, the mm. conversation that mm. you're having, mm. that what you do with your life afterwards. You mm. can either become a victim and say, well, there it is, there's nothing yeah. I can do. Yeah. Or you could actually turn it around and become victorious mm. in what you're doing just by the simple changes of attitude, mm. just seeing you know, the person at the cash register in yeah. Sainsbury is actually sort of smiling, you yeah. know, seeing yeah, somebody yeah. coming by, feeling that, you know, I'm, I'm playing a part in the whole. Yeah, I, I think that's almost only possible for me, at least. I, I often think if you do have this sense that there is a God who is there and, and who is interested in your life and sure. what you're doing, because I think for many people who, who don't have that sense, sure. they will see this as this is just my lot. This is the way the cards sure. fell in my life. Yeah. And and. Yeah, I tried to make the best of it, but yeah. but it might not might not go very well. Yeah. But for a Christian, you're saying actually, what however menial or insignificant you may think yeah. you're, you're. And I mean, what the way I describe it is this: look, and and even if you've got an interesting job, it's mm. not going to be interesting every second of every day. No, no. What you need to work out is this: you've got to get the core right. Mm. If you get the core right, good relationships with with God. Mm. You know, good times of praying, mm. good times of being with your colleagues mm. and, and, and interacting well and knowing that you've that the sense of, 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 you know, there is a purpose to what I'm doing. If you get mm. the core right, yes. then the chores follow easily. Okay. But if the core is wrong, the chores mm. will always be chores and they will expand right. to eat up the core. Yeah. And you'll yeah. feel frustrated and yeah. depressed yeah. and... Yeah. And disillusioned by yeah. what you're doing. I mean, sometimes, as you say, uh, we bound out of bed in the morning. We feel energized. We feel like there's things we want to do in our day and, and make happen. Other times, you know, it, it's a real struggle. Sure. To, to sure. you know, get sure. to work. And, and sure. maybe it's, it is the pressures and stresses that often But there are seasons of life. Out. I mean, life doesn't always run in predictable ways. No. You see, one of the reasons why I know your why is I think an important question to ask, which mm. is why I address it in the mm. book, is that for an entire generation, unlike a previous generation, we'd have had one, maybe two sort of jobs, as it were, that are real seasons. Mm. The work, the job market, the workplace is changing dramatically. Mm. People working from home, people yeah. you know, changing, smart yeah. working, yeah. is going to change even more than we can ever imagine. Mm. So there are going to be times when you've, you, you know, you've got to, you're doing what you're doing, but you know you're not going to do it forever. Mm. So it is important to know that in the moment in which I am doing, whatever I'm doing that now, God is with me. Yes. But there are times when you begin to prepare for that next stage, yes. for the next phase yes. uh, of one's life, yeah. and the next season yeah. of life. Yeah. And it's managing that change at the, mm. so that you're not constantly unsettled. Yes. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't really like what I'm doing. Yes. And I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That you're permanently unsettled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the big judgment. That's the discernment that's needed. And I, and I think a lot of people go... <laughs> through life a lot of the time saying well when i've got the job i like oh, when i've got oh, the, yeah. the family situation i want yeah. when this yeah. this particular set of circumstances yeah. has worked out then i'll know that I'm, yeah. I'm on the right course when is never right so you say in a sense you you may never get to that point when and is that's, never that's and so the calling isn't some point of the future where which you'll eventually get to when all the circumstances line up it's yeah. actually something that starts now presumably yeah, yeah. Uh, and and how how do you change that mindset though because a lot of people do think 
it it's got to be once you know I get the right thing and I I'm in the right place and well, so on. It's just never going to happen. When is never. Mm. It's just you know you know when I've got the money, when I've got mm. you, you've got to, you know it's what you've got in your hand now to be able to say this is what God has given me for this season in my life. Mm. And I sense that there is a calling on my life to actually do mm. what I'm doing. However, it might be you may long to mm. be doing something different, but it can't, isn't possible now. Yes, because you've got a mortgage to pay, or mm. family to look after, whatever the circumstances are. That doesn't mean to say you give up your dreams. Mm. The dreams continue. We need to dream and to look forward, mm. and you know, with encouragement yes. that you know there are times when the things move together. There's mm. a different stage and phase mm. of life, mm. Mm. but to enjoy where I am at the moment yes. uh, is a, is a gift of the Spirit of God. Yes, I, and I suppose too many people sort of um, don't enjoy the journey they're on because they're they're so obsessed with the goal that they think they're they're sort of working towards and and I think a lot of people end up not living as you know it's a bit of a, a catchphrase but in the now you know so that they because they're constantly uh, obsessed I suppose with with that next achievement that yeah but if, if you're if towards. you're released from it to mm. know that the enjoyment that comes from God because you're living an integrated life mm. you know you, you you know the work of the spirit of God in your life you, you know that that's empowering mm. where you are you can be in a much more settled place yes. uh, and be able to 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 know that he is in control of life mm. it is a question of faith yeah now, if faith were knowledge it wouldn't be faith mm. Mm. and what we want from calling is a god who is a search engine yes. god isn't google <laughs> you, you can't just type it in and say you know am i going to be um am i yeah newspaper yeah writer for the rest of my life you know absolutely you know, yeah. Hey, God, it doesn't work <laughs> like that because he's building a relationship. And if you miss the relational element, mm. then the rest just doesn't fit yeah. fit in. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I, I suppose that there, there's that sense in the Gospels as well, and we sometimes miss this, that the, fish, that the, the disciples, as well as being the disciples of Jesus, were fishermen, and they carried on fishing, actually, Quite a lot of the time. Well, it's a really interesting thing you raise. I've been thinking about it quite yes. recently. So if you were assuming that Jesus was going to come on earth yes. to establish a completely um, new religious movement, mm. you would have expected him to be coming to the Sadducees or the mm. Pharisees mm. or the high priests mm. or, the, or one of the leaders yes. uh, of, uh, of, of the religious Somewhere movement. of influence. Somewhere of influence. Yes. Not one single one of the disciples happened to be a rabbi. Yes. Not one. Mm. Every single one of them were people called from the day-to-day tax collectors, fishermen, yes. you know, sort of normal, yeah. you know, what we would probably call, you know, working, working, uh, working people. people. Yeah. Well, why did he do that? Mm, mm. And the answer is he did that because he wanted to show to us that actually what he came on earth to establish, as we read in the letter to the Ephesians, is a new humanity. Yes. Not yeah. some new sort of religious sect. You no, know, not, not some to... sort of, yeah, special commune where you can yeah, yeah, be free you know, yeah, from the, free, uh, the normality. Yeah. And, and I think, unfortunately, yeah, pe- people do sometimes think Christianity is, is lived like that. Before we um, have to finish today, um, what... We've been through some a lot of turmoil in the UK in the last month or two. Uh, we've seen 
the Brexit debate happen. And that sort of, I think for many people, it's caused a lot of uncertainty, certainly in the, I'm sure you're aware, economic markets, that's been the case and so on. Um, I, I guess I'd be interested in your view, both from a financial perspective, but also spiritually speaking, in terms of, of where this country is at the moment. Do you see opportunities emerging from this sort of, um, I suppose, unsettled time in our country? Lots of political change, lots of uncertainty about what might happen in the future. What, what do you think might be going on in that sense? Well, the important thing to remember level? is that Brexit's come and go, <laughs> but, you know, uh, Jesus Christ is risen yes. uh, from the dead. New life, a new humanity has been created. That's mm. what, that is what really matters. Yeah. So I think when one <clears throat> looks at the, at the debate uh, on uh, the referendum on Brexit, one of the problems that, that we have is people say, ah, it, it divided the, you know, the nation, mm. the referendum divided. Mm. It didn't. What it did was it actually showed the fault lines that already existed. Right, yes. North, south, young, yeah. old. Yeah religious communities, yes. Christians, non-Christians, yes. or whatever you want to do it. And that, of course, has created, um, as it were, enlarged or shown a picture mm. Mm. Uh, of a damaged family. Right. And that is what, of course, is the exciting opportunity that mm. exists for us to say into this unsettled, mm. when people are asking questions, mm. and what are they asking? They're asking identity questions. Yes. See, know your why, <laughs> as I point out into the book, <laughs> is not just for an ordinary citizen. It is for a community, yeah. <clears throat> for a, uh, a church, yes. uh, for a city, for yeah. a country yes. to yeah. understand its identity. Yeah. So I think it's a huge opportunity for us mm. to say, okay, we are being shaken up. It happens mm. to be constitutional. Mm. But what about the Christian heritage? Yeah. I'm far more worried by the fact that for the first time in well over a thousand years, those who confess the name of Jesus are less than half of the population. Yes. And that those who have mm. religion, as they describe as none, yes. are more than half. Yes. Now, that's a task for mm. us because mm. so many people are missing yes. the very good news of Jesus Christ and, and, and the, the love of God in, in, in our lives, in the nation. Do you think sometimes <clears throat> these sort of shakings have to occur in order, I suppose, I sometimes think, to, to make people realise the foundations they may have built their life on are not necessarily that secure, that God can use, if you like, uncertainty and instability in well, that way. Well, that's true. You, know, you build your house on sand. Yes. You know, if we build an economy over the last years, you know, on the basis of governments printing more money. Yeah. And they, it's sand. You yeah. Know, a day of reckoning will come. Yeah. yeah. It's not possible. Yeah. But that is in financial terms. Yes. And the, the real question is, how do we as people flourish mm. and, and live mm. uh, in times of unsettling? And that's where the Christian comes into his own or uh, her own. I mean, the, the, what you often get from the government is... is Obviously, financial well-being in the country is the marker of, of how we're doing. Um, I mean, have we gone too far down that route? Because to some extent, I often think, well, we're financially more prosperous than we were, say, you know, several decades ago. But I'm not sure we're any happier than we were several decades ago. I mean, ha what, what needs to happen in the country beyond simply making sure we're we're financially stable and, and on a good footing and the economy is growing? And so well, on? you'd expect me to say... We, you've got to know your why. Yeah. 
you know, when we as individuals, when the churches as communities, and when the country, you know, gets to know its why. And you know, it, again, it's not a Google event. You can't just press a button no. to know it. Uh, when, when we see the, the overall picture, know mm. why we've been called to live mm. every day with purpose is a huge positive benefit. Yeah. And I think that's, that searching that is going on at the moment will produce great fruit because it is true that well-being is, is a measure yes. and should be a measure uh, of a nation's strength, not just the GDP measurement. Right. I suppose the question is how, how, do, we, how do we encourage people to see that the thing they're missing is Jesus, is, the, is that calling on their life. I, I mean, people are, we live in a culture where there are all kinds of things we can now fill our life with. You know, social media, Facebook can, can you know, have people while away hours and hours on those mediums, uh, or it might be the golf club or the, any other measure of forms of entertainment. Um, so in a sense, we've got more choice than we've ever had before. What, how do we as a church, though, help people to see beyond all of those things that you could be filling your life with in order to sort of avoid asking the question, what, what am I What we've got to for? do is we've got to invest as a church in, in human relationships outside mm. of the status quo. You know, a whole generation just doesn't want the same sort of patterns. They're bored mm. Mm. with the same patterns of behavior. They're cynical mm. about the ways in which government uh, are... are are acting and the institutions have, have let the people down. So the same old, same old just mm. doesn't apply. Yeah. So what we've got to do is we've got to create this alternative uh, and, and invest what I call outside the status quo, yeah. outside the current setup. Yeah. And say, hey, look, there is another way of living. Mm. And mm. this way is more exciting. It's more fulfilling. Yeah. You can find and fulfill Mm. Uh, your calling in life if you yeah. know your why. Now, let me help you find, yeah. you know, how do you know your why? Yeah. yeah. It's been it's been great chatting to you, Ken, ab- about things, and uh, I I hope that the book really does help yeah, people. Well, who so, are, who so, are, so do who I. Are I mean, particularly if you know if you know your why, um, then that's great. If you don't, well, maybe the book will be a help. Mm. But it particularly, you know, know your why, and then help others to find yeah. theirs. That's when, a real success when, formula. When would you say you actually discovered your why? Uh, this morning, <laughs> it's a continuing, yeah. it's a continuing relationship that we have. Yes, uh, you know, you know, you don't just get given the blueprint. Mm. It's, if faith is not knowledge. If faith mm. were knowledge, we wouldn't yeah, be living it. Sure. So you wake up in the morning mm. every day, mm. and you say, you know, am I doing today what you called me to do? Well, Know Your Why is available now. And uh, if you want to find out more about uh, the book, uh, you can simply go to Amazon. You can order it there. Uh, why not check out uh, Ken's website as well, godatwork.com. You can find out more about Ken there. And, of course, HTB is uh, prevalent on the Internet. You can find out uh, as much as you like by searching. But uh, it's been lovely to have you it's great, join me. It's great to be, to be with you and to <laughs> those who are listening. Oh, Hope uh, it's been a help. It's been very helpful. Thank you. And uh, if you want to find out more about the profile, do go online to premierchristianradio.com slash the profile. And if you'd like more on Christianity Magazine, uh, the magazine I edit, then do go to premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample if you'd like to get a free sample copy of the mag. Do stick here on Premier Christian Radio. Dave Rose coming up next with Premier Playback, some of the best bits from the past week.